welcome back to another episode of a Not Another Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Burchette, and with me, as always, I have Lionel. Uh, damn it. You saying your Joe completely threw off my intro. Uh, Doo-doo. Anyway, it's me and Channel for Cables today because uh, Joe likes to make plans for the day that we record mm-hmm. at the same time every week. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he gave us a list of stories here, and it's only like four things long, and there's not that much to say about these. Um, so we're going to blow through those, and then Jumper Cables and I are going to finally dive deep into Death Stranding because we both, we've both beaten it, right? Yes. All right. Okay, but first we're going to start with the news. Story number one. Another director leaves the Uncharted movie. This is from The Verge. Hmm. Uh, huh. Let's see. Travis Knight, who most recently directed the Transformers spinoff Bumblebee, uh, has dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. Um, so, yeah, I guess... Uh, it looks like they don't have a director now again, so mm. I guess I mean from what I heard, Bumblebee was good, but uh, yeah, I heard good things about it. Yeah, you didn't see it. Nope. Wow, this is—he's the sixth director to bow out. That's got bad news written all over it. Yeah, Tom Holland's still attached, and um, do you remember when Marky Mark was supposed to play Nathan Drake? I don't. I think. Yeah, with David O. Russell. Mm. David O. Russell is gonna direct. He's the guy that mm. did. Uh, he did like Silver Linings Playbook and The Fighter and uh, American Hustle. I liked American Hustle. Yeah, he makes good movies. Um. I didn't like American Hustle as much when I watched it outside of the theater, though. Mm. I haven't seen it since then. Um, but uh, anyway, apparently, I didn't know this, but Mark Wahlberg is now back in. He's going to play Sully, who I... Do you know who Sully is? You didn't know this, did you? <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah. So, oh, I don't know why we're even talking about this then. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm, I'm... Well, you tell me, Mike. Is it a big deal? Is what a big deal? That he's maybe playing the Sully person. Uh, it's weird. Well, they're going younger, so Sully's an old guy. I, I think it's weird. It's I think he was more right for Nathan Drake than he is for young Sully. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, I don't know, it's weird. The whole thing's weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I haven't seen Bumblebee, so I can't speak to that director's talents, but maybe this leaves the door open for someone even more interesting to take the reins. But, uh, so, yeah, there's that. <laughs> um, that'll come out soon, or sometime, eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have any other thoughts on that? Uh, nope. 
<laughs> Me neither. All right, next. Sony promises to unveil a unique vision of the future at CES 2020. A unique vision of the future. This is all they've said. That's the future, vague and grandiose. They said the future is coming. At CES 2020, Sony is unveiling a unique vision of the future, bringing cre- creativity and technology together like never before to unleash unleash new sensations and emotion. Are you ready for some new sensations and emotions? Vague and grandiose. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know how I feel when I see it. Yeah, well, uh, another article here from Forbes says that um, they translated an article with, with uh, an interview with Shuhei Yoshida, where he's basically saying that PS5 is going to be like pretty easy to develop for, uh, just because, uh, as you, I, I'm sure you heard, you remember people talking about how difficult it was to develop for PS3 back in the day. Um, but uh, so they they kind of took that feedback into consideration when they developed the PS4, and that was supposedly way more easy to develop for. Um, and the article just kind of goes over how you know how we we always see things that push the hardware near the end of the cycle. Um, but they're saying that PS5 is basically kind of it retains a similar architecture to the PS4, so mm-hmm. developing should be much easier in the sense that if you developed on PS4, it's probably, like, the jump to PS5 is probably not going to be too difficult. So, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's good, right? Uh, let's hope so. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the last article we'll talk about here before getting... What if we just stopped after this article and gave Joe, like, a fucking 12-minute episode? <laughs> Maybe we can, like, leave a... a no. I, like, there's a part of me that kind of wants to prank him into, like, leave a big gap. Like, like play the outro, leave a big gap. <laughs> and have him be like, what the fuck? For a minute before we start talking about Death Stranding. Well, he's the one that's editing this, so I'm not doing all that. <laughs> no, You're no, I gonna, mean, yeah. I mean, like, literally just, oh, uh, well, yeah, so one of us would have to, like, edit in. Okay, yeah, yeah, never mind. Yeah, I'm not Damn doing it. that. Damn it. Anyway, uh, before we jump into that, I guess we can talk about this article, which is picking up on an old interview from Kojima. I think, yeah, someone uh, translated an old interview with him from uh, 2003. Sometime around the time of Boktai, he said, it's just a quote from Kojima, it says, sometime last year, I think I approached uh, Miyamoto at Nintendo and gave a presentation pitch. In the beginning, it wasn't just a sunlight sensor. I actually had wanted to include a sensor that measured how your breath smelled, too. I really wanted to add that. The enemies are vampires, right? So if you ate something garlicky and breathed on the mic, they'd all die. (laughs) <laughs> that's funny yeah uh so we've talked breath in your face yeah we've talked before about uh how he wanted to put in you know like smell in his games mm-hmm. 
shit like that. I could um, see you using smell to track something in Snake Eater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. Give you the stench of rotting corpses. Smell rain. He could do a lot with that. I could see him doing mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and with that said... Or that, the fact that the bitch is wearing perfume. Oh, yeah, that's right. She was wearing perfume. You could smell Johnny's poop. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, I don't know. Maybe, like, smoke when the Fury's around. Yeah. Kaka. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Death Stranding. We beat it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both liked this a lot. Yep. Um, I guess I'll just talk for a little bit about this. Um, well, I guess we'll start off. My, like, going into this, I... It's funny, because I had kind of some notions about um, what it was going to be about, um, based on the trailers. Um, I know, were the trailers confusing to you? Um, I thought the game took place in deep-ass space. Huh. But also, like, at the end of existence. Yeah. So, so some part yeah. was right. So I wasn't dealing... I I had... And this instinct was right. Maybe I thought it would... Or was hoping it would do a little bit more of this. But I, I kind of knew that it would... There would be some jumping through time. Mm-hmm. Like, like, in my head, this was kind of going to be... Like, sort of a slaughterhouse five type of deal have you read that nope oh anyway it's a it's a old kurt vonnegut book uh there's a movie too and it's about this guy who it's kind of complex he gets kind of abducted by aliens and he starts seeing or time sort of differently or experience it all at once so he's kind of living all these different parts of his life at once sort of i don't know it's hard to, I don't know, I wrote it last year or something, but. So I I kind of thought there was going to be a little bit more time travel and, and maybe going through, like, the history of humanity, which there was a little bit mm-hmm. in there. So I was, I was kind of right. Um, apart from that, I... Apart from that, I was really more intrigued. Like, I think I've talked about this before, just about, you know, how when I was so hyped with MGS4 or MGS3 coming out, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe MGS4, but probably to a lesser extent. But before MGS3, I, like, went hard on, like, internet conspiracy theories and, yeah. you know, would re- constantly rewatch trailers and try to figure everything out. Yeah, um, I was doing I, that, too. yeah. Um, and then after the game came out and blew my dick off, I like I was like, all right, fans are fucking stupid. 
I, I can't handle fan conspiracy theories anymore. Like these are mm-hmm. so dumb. Like, well, they got crazier too. Mm-hmm. Like way, way crazier. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I remember. Um, I well, not, not so much. I remember. I think it actually kind of caught me off guard. You cut yourself off after which trailer? Uh, for Death Stranding. Yeah. Um, it was around the time that they started releasing like individual character trailers. Mm-hmm. I was like, I remember he came onto like Keeley was hosting some kind of awards out in Germany, and Kojima brought like a weird trailer out it it was like a small trailer it might have been a character trailer but i was like at that point i was just like all right i don't need to see anymore so i think the only one i really missed was the launch trailer which came out like the day the game came out mm-hmm. which i've since gone back and watched and i actually really love that trailer it's great i've mm-hmm. watched it a, a bunch of times since then uh, i'm glad i didn't watch it because a lot of it is like straight from literally that last like two or three hours of the game yeah like literally that's where the song from the trailer plays in game yeah so yeah i was glad i did that a lot of because otherwise i would have been waiting for that the whole time and i would have been like where is that and there's also that surprise i guess we're jumping ahead a little bit here but um because he's, he's still kind of doing that double fake out with the end credits thing. Like, mm-hmm. you beat the game. No, there's more. Now you really beat the game. So I I would have known to expect more. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I didn't watch that. And there's a lot of, some plot things. Also, the like, the first time you see uh, Die Hardman's faces in that trailer, which happens deep end game. Like... Yeah, I don't even remember seeing his face, so I must have not. I don't know. Die Hardman's face? Yeah. Yeah, we talked about this. You know, when he's at the end and he's talking to Sam and he's. Oh like no, I crying. mean in in a trailer. Oh, in the launch trailer. Was it the launch trailer? Yeah, it's the launch. Face? The launch trailer. They show him like crying. I must have completely forgot it then. Yeah. <laughs> like completely. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I was I was like really starting to wonder about that guy's face under the mask. Like, okay, is there going to be some big ass scarring, or is he going to have someone else's face stapled to him? What's going on? Yeah. And I kind of like the reveal, but um, uh, why don't we? I don't know, why don't we back up and just talk about like the first couple hours mm-hmm. of our time with this game? Like, what did you, what were your initial thoughts, like those first few hours of playing? Um, I guess sort of like I was thinking about certain trailers, like, um, like when you see Sam walking around with um, like just equipment building shit. Yeah. So I kind of knew, okay, eventually I'm going to have to, like, build things, and I guess maybe I'll use those to get around stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I was I was a little, I don't know if taken aback by the fact that it seemed to be a walking simulator, but um, 
kind of curious as to how things would unfold. Yeah. Well, I guess let me step it back. Like, what were your expectations for the gameplay going I was in? trying not to have any, mm-hmm. even though I'd seen a couple of, like, gameplay trailers. So I saw that, okay, you can ride around on a bike. You, you can build some shit. At some point, there's going to be some kind of combat. Also, monsters. Like, yeah. I think I saw one of the trailers where I saw, like, both combat and riding around on a bike was, like, one involving uh, Higgs summoning something. Yeah. I think it was, like, him summoning that big, crazy mask tiger during the, uh, the Mama mission. Yeah. I don't think they even showed like any gunplay in the, any of the trailers did they no i don't think i saw any gunplay i think it was just punching out mules and shit yeah there was definitely punching but um it's funny because i remember hearing people talk about for so long that they didn't know what this game was about or what you do in it but yeah. it literally it was in the trailers that is exactly what you do <laughs> yeah like even though i saw all that stuff i was trying not to have expectations or preconceived notions so i can't quite remember when exactly but i entered my own cutoff point but i don't know if it was as strict as yours Hmm. yeah for me those first hours were i was just really fascinated with the world Mm -hmm. and, and the gameplay itself just jumping in like oh yeah this is exactly what it looked like and i love this it's beautiful it's peaceful. There's yeah. like strategy involved, like small strategy. It's it's it was just a traversal game, mm-hmm. and I was kind of I was almost ready for that to be the whole game until I finally hit like I don't know like two or three hours in. And I finally got the bike. Um, where they they kind of I found the pacing gameplay wise to be something I really loved. Mm-hmm. I think it's something. Uh, I, I don't know something really interesting about the way it's paced. I I feel like I've never played a game that's been paced this way. Not just the how kind of slow moving it is, which I really like, but the way they dole out new things over. Because I was never bored. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I think, I think that's a complaint that some people are having. But if you think this game is boring, then it's I don't know what you were expecting. To, yeah, to get all I can it. say is I disagree. Yeah. It's really... I mean, you probably play too much Call of Duty, which is totally fine. Like, that's great, but... I mean, I, I knew this game was going to be kind of a little bit divisive just from the mm-hmm. trailers. I was like, oh. It's kind of exactly what I, I was saying um, before it came out. Like, it's... I was saying this is going to be a game for a certain segment of Metal Gear fan, but not a, a different segment. Like if you played it just for, you know, crazy action. Yeah, crazy, or, crazy action. And, or even just like super challenging stealth or. Yeah. And it just the kind of a, you know. If, like, the convoluted elements or the over-the-top characters bugged you, 
you're not gonna yeah you you were probably those are if those were the parts of mgs you couldn't stand then uh you were out of luck with death stranding yeah i'd say more plot wise than i i don't know yeah, I mean, I feel, yeah, I feel exactly. like that element with the characters is there, albeit toned down a bit, but toned yeah, down is. not because Kojima was like, OK, let me pull back, but more because the nature of those characters is different here. Well, it's it's not for the people who were into Metal Gear because it's a military fantasy. Yeah, like if um, you liked if you were in for the military part, you were probably not going to be happy, but. If you like the fantasy part. Yeah. Yeah, not even it's I don't know, the game is surreal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um but yeah, going back to the pacing, it just felt like there was always as soon as I was like content in learning what I was doing, they gave me something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we both talked about this before um, to the point where pretty deep in they introduce combat and then they give you like start giving you guns like you don't get guns well, you, for a while in this they game. They give you combat and then they escalate the combat. Yeah. And then now it's, this... OK, now it's no, no, no. It's not just mules. They're not just trying to take your stuff. These are terrorists. Yeah, and they want to take your life. Yeah, they do that. But even before you get to that point where they have guns, they give you a gun, and you're kind of like, oh, the bolo gun. No, no, I, I'm. They give you like a lethal weapon to deal with, oh. you know, these other assholes who haven't really fired guns at you at that point. Well, uh, they they give you um they give you the lethal weapons right before you go into the um the uh crazy cliff world and then you come out still holding those weapons and i'm like uh no yeah that was that was a real to me that's kind of like one of the biggest testaments to the brilliance of this game and its message Mm -hmm. like at that point when they did that i was like oh like I don't know if I actually do want to kill people. It's like, um, oh no, uh, yeah, no, I was, I was fully like, no, yeah, no, I'm unequipping all of, the, no, I didn't want to do that, yeah, and I didn't. Do you have any idea how dangerous what you're doing? Why did you give yeah. me this? It wasn't even that to me. It That's was what just I like, was thinking. It felt so out of place with my character and how I had been playing the game up to that point. It was like, oh, that too. I, it felt like a, a morally repugnant thing for me to be doing. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah. That was definitely it. Of, of course, now I'm probably like, I don't know, I'm probably like 70 hours in, and the other night I just went into a mule camp and just murdered the shit out of everybody. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but that's because I have nothing left to do in the game, really. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I do. There's more deliveries to be made. and I was mad because I... I guess one of the things that they do eventually give you when you get to that second area is they're like, here's a highway now. You can rebuild the highway, mm-hmm. which is like, to me, oh. that that became a thing where it was like, like, fuck, like, I got to do this. And it made certain parts of the game so much easier because other people... It made you feel had... like you, like, conquered the world with science. <laughs> yeah, it felt... 
it felt good because I, I was it, 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 yeah, yeah that was a, it's like i should feel guilty about how easy this is but this feels right yeah i know or i would get distracted like the other day i was like i was just playing and i'm kind of fucking around in the end game and i was like i was preparing to go ambush this terrorist camp and and just kill everybody to see what would happen so i like outfitted change my outfit colors and like fix my backpack up to carry more grenades and hold more ammo and like i bought all the guns and i fucking like made a new car and i loaded it up with fucking ammunition and equipment and shit and i was like yeah. fuck yeah i'm going full on out. like i'm fucking i'm gonna do this like a soldier and then i was like and i was like oh yeah you know the army does uh like the National Guard, they do stuff too, right? They they build things, and I, so mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll rebuild some of this road all along my way to the camp, and then I just got distracted rebuilding the road for like four hours. Oh, it then, becomes your obsession, especially yeah. when you can like literally see like a connecting point within. Yeah. yeah. I I never got to the uh, to the camp that night to, to shoot anybody. I just <laughs> spent all that time rebuilding the road. But then I was, and even those are like placed so like, in more crucial areas you need more resources. And then, mm-hmm. but then I was like, oh, I, but I can get that little dopamine hit if I just go over to this other place where you don't really need the road, but it's easier. Like it takes less resources, so you can just keep building road here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I was actually kind of mad the other day. I finished building the entire highway and uh, I got nothing for it. Nobody called me to say anything i didn't get an achievement nothing happened yeah Yeah. but it is like i guess we should talk about the social aspect too because that like that's kind of what i do get is now i constantly get a little thing a little ticker in the corner that's like someone rebuilt the road or like uh put more resources into your road or someone used your road you rebuilt Mm-hmm. it's like wow i, I did something. so many likes for the road you built there or that ladder you placed uh, so on and so forth yeah it it, it stirs a want for I, initially it's you just trying to help yourself or maybe just contributing to a group effort but and i'm hoping it isn't just me but it feels like it like it, it, it like stirs within you a want for altruism yeah it, it does and I was I thought about that a lot while playing the game, just because mm-hmm. all of that stuff is so well thought out. Because I remember hearing a long time ago about Dark Souls and sort of the things that they were doing, um, and I never really played it, but I, I kind of I I get what it was. But I remember somebody saying like, "Oh yeah, sometimes people will put signs like, oh, there's good things here, and then you'd go or and avoid it, this, and then you'd." go and find out they were trolling you or you fell off a cliff or got killed mm-hmm. somehow because of that but it really feels like with Death Stranding you're not it feels like everybody's helping each other out but it's also kind of built into the game that you there's really nothing that you can do to troll other people mm-hmm. that way or at least that I I haven't seen anything like that so far like it seems like everything you can do that other players can see is either like helpful or mm-hmm. or like funny yeah 
Like, I did think, okay, maybe you could put something somewhere to lead someone to a dead end. But any instance of that was probably more like somebody got stuck somewhere (laughs) and had to use an item to get themselves out. Yeah. Occasionally I'll see something. And that's the other thing I'm trying to figure out is how the game determines who who else's games are like tied together yeah how, how the crossover happens because yeah. uh, i feel like i set someone up pretty good in that uh first snow area at some point i got tired of having to trek through the snow so i just started setting up zip lines everywhere yeah but you know then it, it, it first it was the um helping myself and then it was like no let me put more let me like place some in between certain gaps Mm-hmm. let me let me do that i've already take like after i'd gotten all my stuff and i was like all right let me let me take care of these people a uh, similar thing happened with the roads yeah i so that's a that's a good example of what i was saying like i don't know how exactly it works mm-hmm. because i i feel like you did that i did the same thing like a few days or weeks ago i was in that mountainy area where it's like the like the evo devo biologist is kind of past hartman's lab mm-hmm. and then near the paleontologist yeah and, that area is rough too and the robots is, and i was like i was like and i saw a few zip lines already set up but some of them were only connected to one other thing and some of them weren't connected at all mm-hmm. uh, but you could see that like even ones that weren't connected to anything had a shit ton of likes mm-hmm. so I like set up zip lines, oh, like a whole system where you could go to Hartman's lab, go to, like hit the Evo Devo biologist if you wanted, go to like the paleontologist, go out to um, the geologist, and then I continued it out to uh, the roboticists, which makes a loop actually. So then I was like, oh yep. well, then I should make it just cross over so I can go straight from there. Mm-hmm. So now it's like a, a, it's almost like the the shinkansen in japan where it's a where it's a circle so i did that and i think like having done all that it makes me realize that um only parts of your like i don't think you'll ever be connected one-to-one with somebody else yeah probably not yeah so because it doesn't make sense right like why would like it's showing me somebody else is like part of somebody else's zip line, and I'm mm-hmm. basically using part of theirs to finish mine. Mm-hmm. So, so like my whole zip line system isn't going to show up in somebody else's game. Um, but the more you put out there, the more likely you are to help people. Yeah, the more little pieces, and mm-hmm. and it does help though because you can see like, oh, somebody put a zip line up there, like where else would you be able to put something nearby that would connect to it? Mm-hmm. But it's like little things like, like that. Like, do you just end up spending like hours putting together a fucking zip line system? Like, it's so satisfying mm-hmm. when it all comes together, like and building the roads and stuff. This is why, like, I feel like the phrase walking simulator is, is pretty like, Delivery simulator is something I would rather say than walking. Oh, yeah. it's 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 more like a foot trucking game. Yeah, 
Because I never, I like kind of stopped walking after those first two. As soon as I got like, oh yeah, bike. once you get like a bike, yeah. And, well, there's there's points where you, I feel like like once you start getting into the mountains, the game will kind of like force you to start walking again. But mm-hmm. by that point, there's other stuff like you got robot, you you got robot legs, you got mm-hmm. zip lines, and yeah. Then you're having to deal with weather. You're having to contend with the cold and yeah. Yeah, putting on. I love putting battling on like, the elements. Yeah, putting on the mask and the little heater and mm-hmm. and just working through the snow, setting up zip lines, uh, rappelling down. Rappelling is like my favorite thing to do in the game. I fucking mm-hmm. love it, and I wish I could do it more. Yeah, and um, I think uh, one thing I kind of got addicted to outside of just um, setting up stuff that would appear in other people's games was. Um, clearing out bandit and terrorist camps because mm. uh, i mean if you're talking about getting the uh getting like weird dopamine hits weird hits of uh like tosin if you will mm-hmm. um seeing other um seeing other delivery people walking around even though you know the the npcs and being yeah. able to interact with them was something i really enjoyed yeah i like that too um, that kind of brings me to another point, which is like, one of the things I didn't like was it's a double-edged sword because I did like the kind of sense of loneliness that you get and being out there and surviving. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's really cool. Uh, but at the same time, the world did feel a lot emptier than it did. I think at one point I said to you, like somewhere mid-game, I was like, I think. Like, oh, uh, uh, you, you had a suspicion that like yeah. Sam was like the only actual human alive. Yeah, I thought like humanity went extinct or something, mm-hmm. and there's nobody left, and everyone else was like a, an AI or hologram. But mm-hmm. uh, that turned out not to be the case. But that's just because the world was so sparse. Like, yeah, there's nobody around at that point. And when you went to these little places to meet people they were just holograms it was always the holograms yeah like what until certain cutscenes. yeah happen. certain certain cutscenes you'll see and and you it, i don't know it didn't help that it didn't make it feel more alive when you have what under normal circumstances would be like escort missions but you're carrying alive people on your back yeah alive life yeah <laughs> delivering people like to other people you can't fucking walk I, I don't know i found that kind of silly it was it was it i it, certain aspects of it seemed weird um yeah. and it made more sense uh, well i guess i guess in i don't know uh it, i didn't really think about it till you brought it up just now yeah. and now i'm kind of conflicted about it yeah, well, to me, it just felt like I was bumping up against something in with like within the engine or something, or, or like mm. or like the amount of time that they had. It was like I was bumping up into something where they didn't have time to well, make make AI that would follow you or bring or you know set up little areas for the people to actually be in yeah. to interact with at their stations. Like it True. just felt like it, they did it to save time, or they didn't have. I think another thing is conven. I think another thing is convenience because, uh, like, I was dreading, but like right before, like, 
uh, what's her face puts herself on the bag and tells you to deliver her to the junk guy. Mm-hmm. I was really dreading like, okay, how am I going to guide this person through a field of invisible ghosts? <laughs> oh, this is going to suck. And then she's like, oh, I'm carrying her. Oh, okay. I just have to worry about me. Good, good, good. Yeah. You know, we've all had the dreaded escort mission where like the NPC just like stupidly bumps into the wrong shit. Like there's, a few I've played fewer games that did it fewer games that made it tolerable and even fewer games that did it well. Yeah. I see what you're saying, but it can be done pretty the good example of this is The Last of Us. And what The Last of Us did is like Ellie and other companions are super useful. They'll pull you out of jam spots. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you'll have to rescue them if they get in trouble, but that's that's more like rescuing a co-op buddy. Um, but as far as like stealth, um, Ellie is actually, I'm pretty sure, she's just straight up invisible. As long as you're invisible, they can't see her either. Mm. Like She sticks pretty close to you, but physically, if the game like requires her, if she takes a weird path or something to where she would normally get seen, it doesn't happen too often where you'd notice it, but she's she can't be seen. Um, so I I don't know I think they like again it just seems like they didn't want to like program that AI um, and not only that just like the hologram things like having them not be at a station or coming out to talk to you it just it feels like they didn't want to spend resources to like motion capture that or something. Um, could be, especially with, um, the team itself at the same time, uh, they do establish that they're in different parts of the world or different parts of the U S. Um, there could have been more face-to-face interactions in the game, but a lot of it made enough sense, especially with the, like the preppers, they're, they're recluses. So it makes sense that they would, you know, want that level of inner of indirectness at first at least yeah like there, it it have made more it had made sense if like further down they'd like come out to greet you rather than just use yeah. the hologram but um i don't know if i could really call it a complaint on my end yeah that's one of my few complaints it's kind of like to me, it was almost like the codec in MGS2, where it's like, uh, all right, let's... let's I, I just, see what you're saying now. Let's just talk to each other through this way, and you know, we're not going <laughs> to show Let's switch to the codec. Why? Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. save money. What? Nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just I found the gameplay to be extremely satisfying. Very deep. The combat, I, I I really liked too. It just felt like MGS five. <laughs> I appreciate that it was like it was unobtrusive. I guess mm-hmm. like there was enough in there for you to have options, but um, they didn't give you a lot to fuck up. I guess is what I'm getting at here. Yeah. Um, it's the only. There's probably a lot more we didn't talk about, but I we should probably talk about the bts um 
think that's the only other area of gameplay. Scary invisible ghosts. I was like near the end of the game. I don't even think I completely figured it out till I was listening to a podcast where other people talked about how if you stand still after you scan, I think you'll do you'll actually get to be able to see clearly where they're kind of like floating. Yeah, I didn't. It took me a while to realize that too. You don't actually scan. You don't need to scan. Yeah. Yeah. You just need to stop walking, and mm-hmm. you can see them. But for for hours, I would whenever I would hit the BT, I would constantly be scanning and stopping. Oh, yeah. I would. I would. I would like kind of figure it out and then like immediately forget. Mm. Like it was like damn near like the end of the game before i like properly figured okay let me do this stop look around move stop you know i was just kind of like using the scanners you know the color of it and whether or not it was bugging out to determine my direction yeah i was literally just wandering blind yeah the other the other thing about the bts is i that i appreciated was the way the game builds sort of this part part of the story into your experience with the BTs. Like, it felt like as much as I was learning more about the BTs in the game, mm-hmm. like, they were slowly, slowly doling out new <clears throat> items and ways to deal with the BTs. Like, yeah. Because at the beginning, I was just like, fuck, I'm like try to sneak through but then i got sick of that and i was like i just need to go around these and for the most part i still do try to just avoid those areas as much as possible because that's the best way to do it but now like after a while you start to feel confident like they give you that boss fight you know eventually where you finally have to fight one yeah like they force you to fight one then you realize oh okay like i do have tools to defeat these things and then Mm -hmm. past that point like just more and more i was like okay yeah, where they're like, yeah. there were like a couple points where you're like, fuck it, I'm just gonna fight the thing. I need this area clear. Yeah, you can fight him, or you know, they give you the, the, the handcuffs that you can cut their cords with. Mm-hmm. Um, it just made that get slowly more and more manageable. Also, uh, funny. I don't know if funny is the right word, but I thought it was a a nice touch and it made me feel kind of good that like every time you do cut that cord, you get a like from the BT. (laughs) You do? I didn't notice. You do. That's pretty funny. They're like, I'm free. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I guess let's just, we can come back to more gameplay stuff later, but we should talk about the story. Mm-hmm. Um, the story is it's it, it's very Ko- Kojima's Kojima. obsession with America again. Yeah, which is interesting. Or maybe just the idea of America is what he's fascinated with. Yeah, I think it's both. But um, what I was gonna say is it's very much. I didn't know if I was expecting it to be like obviously i knew it was going to be a wild like surreal ride but i i i guess like maybe i just didn't think about how like how developed this world was going to be 
just in, mm-hmm. in terms of like how dense it was to jump into it which mm-hmm. I, I loved it and I loved learning more about it and I it, it to me it's it's really interesting that he was able to develop this world you know over just a few years and it seems it almost felt like jumping into a Metal Gear game like three games in there or something it was kind of like wait what is going on like yeah okay like you really have to hang on to every word to completely understand everything and even then it's going to help if you dive into like all the like data interview data and like the yeah stuff um so i'm kind of curious about that like i don't know i i guess maybe it's a minor criticism but not really because it just felt like it was so. I don't know the whole game, like especially the story, just felt like it was made for me because I love picking mm-hmm. things out. Like, and it's weird because how for how dense the lore is and and the world is and how complicated it is and how it has its own set of rules that you have to like read encyclopedias to understand. It, like, for how dense it is, it it's also like very simple in its message and its symbology mm-hmm. he's ramming you over the head with his message quite a lot which is basically that we need to people need to connect with each other mm-hmm. uh, but strands and mike yeah not edge not city <laughs> strands and stranding is, and his name is sam porter bridges <laughs> Sam the Porter builds bridges. His mom's name is with people. Bridget. Bridget Strand. <laughs> yeah. Although it killed me. I don't know. Have you have you unlocked and read a lot of the like data and stuff? Um, I think yeah, sizable chunk of it at the very least. Yeah. So the other day, I did you find out what Die Hardman's real name was? No. Take a wild guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm I got nothing. Just think about it. Think about it. Think about what his name is, and then think about what his real name could possibly be. I don't know. Fucking John McClane. <laughs> yep. Are you bullshitting me? Nope. His real name is John McClane. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Which is funny because after motherfucker, because after I read that, I was like, I I'd never even made the connection of Die Hard Man. I should have, like it's such, a, but it, it just made total. I sense. was trying not to think of that the whole time. Yeah. He was calling himself Die Hard Man. It's like, please tell me this isn't because you like the movie Kojima-san. It totally is, but they also. I mean, they explain in the story that it's because he was a soldier and he was hard to kill and stuff like that. I was, uh, I was like, I felt like so smugly sure of myself that he had that name because he was a repatriate and he wasn't. No, he wasn't. But that's one of the things that I, I appreciate about it. every single. I mean, this is one of those. It, it seems like Kojima's really trying to say something about almost every facet of life mm-hmm. he has something to say about everything this is such a 
you can tell it's personal for him. Like this is this game is yeah. about art and connection between people and how we connect and mm-hmm. how we live our lives. Um, but I love how each of the main cast sort of represents like something different, mm-hmm. you know, like different aspects of uh, of like life itself. Like Die Hardman, mm-hmm. it's he's a regular guy who of life and death that they represent like he's a regular guy who just can't die like because even even when he wants to yeah he's evaded it for so long sam has you know this phobia where he can't touch people Mm -hmm. you know uh fragile is like beautiful has this beautiful face but she's you know her body is shriveled and it's old. Like, is withered. Yeah. It's withered. She, she, she's a she's a living dichotomy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Dead man's another one for his. He, you know, in the, he, in, he's a zombie. Yeah, kind <laughs> of. I mean, how fuck? Like he he's kind of living a nightmare that I hope to never realize. Where he's like. I don't have a beach. I won't have an afterlife. Yeah, he doesn't have. They all like, they're like his cowardice. Like I, I was like, because he he seemed I, I he came off as chicken shit to me, and then I realized what death means for him, and I'm like, oh, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I ever judged you. Yeah, but then he and they each end up sort of finding something, right? So he can't. There's the idea of these totems that you can use to go to someone else's beach. And Mm -hmm. those items are things that connect people together. Like he had to use BB to get to Sam's beach to come and rescue him at the end. Mm -hmm. Like so he could go to a beach he found out. Yeah. And I don't know, Hartman was... Heartman was super interesting to me. He might have been Man's heart-shaped heart. I don't. I don't know if he was my favorite character, but I enjoyed his scenes the most. Mm-hmm. He might have been my favorite character. He wasn't what I was expect. I, I mean, he kind of was just in that you know he was doing all the stuff he talked about in both his uh, reports and the few instances where you interact with his uh, hologram. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting to expecting him to be such a like delightful and engaging fellow. <laughs> yeah, he really was, and uh, I really like that actor's voice with Nicholas Winding Refn's face. <laughs> 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 okay. That was another interesting thing to kind of because I know what him and Guillermo del Toro sound like, but I know, but. Yeah, he was he was super. I don't know. I just loved his story too. Like mm-hmm. he's he's searching for a connection that he he had that he lost and can never get back. And his whole struggle is to be at peace with the fact that he can't have that back. Yeah. Yeah. Something with just the constant searching. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like. He lives his life in tw- he lives his life in this world in twenty one minute intervals. 
Yeah, I know. It's like crazy. I was fascinated with that too. Like, okay, yeah. So, so to what degree does he schedule every? Because he he clearly devotes a lot of time to his interests as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe it just hits too close to home. The idea that he's like spending his time in the real world, killing time. Yeah, and that's that's just another thing that's it's like only from someone like. Like Kojima could like think of this shit. Like mm-hmm. I've I've said I don't know if I said this to you, but something I've been saying is I like I love this the world, just the basic concept of a world where like the dead and the living are so intertwined. Like like we all we know death is there and. Mm-hmm we have this we're able to conduct more scientific experiments on it in the way that i've been saying it's like the way humanity now kind of looks at space like we know it's there we know a lot about it we can go there it takes a lot of work and we have you know the best minds in the field studying it but there's Mm -hmm. still just so much to uncover an infinite amount that we don't know about it and that's Mm -hmm. how he treated death here but he was able to do things like with characters like Hartman mm-hmm. where it's like, what, okay. If death was like this, what would scientists be doing? Well, they'd be trying to kill themselves for they'd be as, experimenting with it. They'd as be long trying as you, to figure out the limits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They'd be killing themselves for as long as they can and then bringing themselves back and <laughs> recording that data. Like mm-hmm. that was, I don't know. And the way that, that sort of science is, I don't know. And you'd have you'd have anomalies, you'd have weird shit, you'd have things like Mama with her ghost baby. Yeah. Yeah. And like you, know, you know, other things like okay, twins in this world are a very different thing. Yeah, that too. They can literally communicate across death. Yeah. And there's something, yeah, I don't know, it's just the way he talks about death in this game is so interesting, too, because you don't, like, there are kind of concrete answers if you go and read through a lot of that stuff, but mm-hmm. it's also it's also handled just very symbolically, which I, mm-hmm. like, there's so much symbolism that it's like, I don't know. I don't, it just feels kind of right. Like, of course, if we're going to show death, like, like he doesn't try to. He, he give, yeah, he, he, it's like he kind of like a tackles it, has characters tackle it scientifically without ever boiling it down to ones and zeros. Yeah, but it, he also. But it feels. I love but, that he doesn't try and give so many answers. Where he's like, even he even has the characters like talking about how much they don't understand about it, and like yeah, all we like, see is literally like, characters theorizing about yeah, it to you. We all we see is like, like all these symbols. Like I don't know. There's just so much symbology in this game. It's like it's it's an overload. Like I don't know even where to start. Like I don't know the whales, the dead babies, etc. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, I'd say like <laughs> utilizing babies as tools was maybe like the 
most ghastly element in this. Yeah. It's, I Though I think they were cloning them? I uh, know. I don't know. I, I feel I think I think the reason why the whole thing with Sam and BB was happening was like like a feedback loop. Yeah, I I'm still not sure about that. So my kind of theory while I was playing the game was that the baby was him, uh, sort of like caught out of time, like somehow he'd been carrying this baby. That ended up not being the case. Mm. Uh, but there's still some really interesting stuff there with time and how he kind of he does step back. I, I did like that switcheroo. I, I my my thought was that the baby was him and that Cliff was his father and that's why he wanted the the BB. Mm-hmm. But it turned out he actually Sam was his son, mm. but. And BB was just kind of BB. I can't remember where BB resembled his baby. Yeah. Um, Well, I don't think they ever say where BB comes from outside of uh, needing to reconnect with the still mother, which clearly wasn't the original. um, Which is why I think we may have been dealing with like clones or something. I don't think there are any clones. Well, we do have artificial humanoids, if, uh, you know, dead man's an indication. Yeah, but he's not actually artificial. He's... He's a Frankenstein. Kind of. He he did have, like, I just read a, one of the interview things the other day where it was like, he was like, he explains that he actually was fertilized by, like, a random sperm and a random egg, and then... Mm-hmm over time he had to have body parts replaced and shit like that um Mm -hmm. yeah oh man there's there's so much to unpack in that fucking story i don't know yeah it's um i don't know this might sound weird uh it does kind of reflect I mean, primarily the aspect of, like, death becoming a known quantity to some degree kind of reflects how I think humans will humans will have some interaction like this with it in the future. I don't know how far into it, but it was neat kind of like seeing that thought in my head played out through someone else's, I don't know. Like that 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 someone else, some other creative had that same thought. Yeah. And developed it. Yeah. It's interesting. It, it, yeah. <laughs> I just was reading uh, something in the game the other day, too, where they're kind of aware of... I don't know. One thing I liked was... You know, I love futurism and shit, and there was a lot of it in this game, but mm-hmm. there was a lot of it in this game where they kind of talk about I don't know, like their version of it or what could possibly happen like there's mention of like the singularity a few times and mm-hmm. um, I forgot there was something specific that I wanted to mention but my brain kind of isn't working right now 
Yeah, did, did you have a, a favorite character? Um, I don't know if I had a favorite character. It seemed like I was like really into, you know, which one of Sam's coworkers we were dealing with till we got to the next one. Mm-hmm. And you know, I thought you know it wasn't gonna top. Um, Heartman for me, and then we get that scene at the end with Die Hardman, and uh, I don't know, like like each and every one of them, I felt like I felt like everyone kind of like you can only give one person the award of like best character, but I felt like everyone had like an uh, had an arguing point for yeah, them. everyone has their moment. It's a really great ensemble mm-hmm. which is i feel like not something you see too often in a video game where you can really say that there's a incredible cast and they all really get to shine They're, they all have their moments mm-hmm. um i guess it's weird because i feel like there's so many layers to the story and the message that this game is trying to tell and we've, mm-hmm. we kind of we probably worked backwards by starting with like the broader strokes, but yeah. I, I don't know. I guess we could just talk more about the plot directly in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess just starting at the beginning, like his his. In that sense, that was one of the like the broader like story of like this is what is happening right now and this is what you're doing that whole story felt um i liked it it was super interesting i liked what he had to say about like connections and sort of rebuilding the past uh you know Mm -hmm. like digging up the, the past information to help us now that's that's a theme that kojima's had uh and in some of his Metal Gear games, uh, that's what Snake Eater was about, right? Uh, yeah, he. I mean, he explicitly says that in like Snake says something to that effect in MGS2, and then mm-hmm. we see yeah, it, yeah, you're right. And then we see it in Snake Eater. Um, so there's there's that aspect, but then um, there's also the other thing that I noticed was another Kojima trope is the idea that you're you as a cog in the machine are being lied to or not told the full story by Mm -hmm. whoever is leading you yeah um but i did like the way that he kind of subverted that at the end um not that you weren't being lied to but that he did it in more of a death stranding way in a Metal Gear way where Mm -hmm. you have empathy for all of these characters and you kind of see why... No one reveals themselves to be a grandiose supervillain. Yeah, nobody's like a complete dirtbag or anything. Except for maybe Higgs, but that was never a reveal. (laughs) Yeah. Higgs. Troy Baker was pretty interesting. He was was having a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I liked Higgs. I liked that last fight with him. Yeah, that was like that was like wonderful and cinematic and completely gratifying and like it was so 
exactly what I wanted it to be that I was actually kind of mad when the game kept going. <laughs> um, I was glad that it did because it, it didn't, you know, I was really glad that it did. And I, I liked where it went because he, mm-hmm. Higgs was kind of, I don't, I don't want to say one dimensional, but he kind of is like his whole worldview is kind of complex, but, just in the sense of, and again, I was kind of reading more about stuff I've I've unlocked, mm-hmm. um, which I think says something about this game. The fact that I have to read most of this stuff, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it's good or bad. I don't really mind it because I do find the world so fascinating. But I, that's probably another small criticism for me. It's like, just in terms of the flow of the story and the, and the information that you're getting, it's like you're just getting so much information thrown at you in all of these cutscenes sometimes mm-hmm. um, where I, I appreciate that he doesn't take the time out to for a lot of exposition, even though he does a lot. It's toned back, but... It, he makes a, It seems like he makes as much of it optional as he can yeah. and, and still allow the game to function and make enough sense to keep playing yeah i i think if you don't read a lot of this extra background stuff i'm not sure how well the rest of it plays out i mean i think the rest of it plays out on an emotional level but in terms of like and well i think i think it's why everything else is so straightforward yeah he's really threading the needle here really trying to like have it both ways but not like I feel like it probably works. The problem is, is that I'm very much on one side of the demographic. I'd have to talk to someone who just played through it in the most straightforward way imaginable to really get some insight on the other. Yeah, I would imagine. Uh, I haven't looked at many reviews or any. I've, I've looked at just kind of like Metacritic and shit. Um, I, so I don't really know what people are saying, but I would imagine that they're saying that it's like you know probably just psychobabble <laughs> yeah <laughs> or, maybe or, or just completely insane or or just i know it's i know when i say it that adheres this, to dream logic yeah when i say that this game is made for me it's i i like things where where they don't just give everything to you where you have to work for it mm. um it is kind of getting to that line where i draw where i have to go take extra steps to read a lot about the world. Um, but I, I don't know. Cause a lot of that stuff feels supplemental, but then some of it, it's like, Oh, okay. Now this other thing that they were just talking about makes sense. Well, there's, there's some um, helpful points of overlap in regards to that. Like, especially when you're reading something and someone's talking about something in a the theoretical sense. And then later in the game, some aspect of it is proven to be true. Yeah. Um, so getting back to that plot, I think the easiest way to drive, to talk about this plot is to talk about Bridget. Cause she really Bridget slash Amelie. I was really, about to say, are we talking about Bridget or are we talking about the extinction entity? They're just, they're, they're kind of the same. But kind of it, the same, but we're separate entities for a minute. Yeah. Well, 
for the sake of linguistics, uh, let's just say it's the one thing that that character or two characters or whatever really drive the entire story mm-hmm. um, in terms of the main plot. Yep. Um, and there's so many different levels that there's like sort of the conspiracy that we learn more about that kind of set everything off. Mm-hmm. And then there's kind of the, the sort of fake dream that you're following, which is kind of the American dream yeah. in, in reconnecting. Um, mm-hmm. So it starts off, you, you think you're just traveling across America, reconnecting everybody, which I guess you are really. Yeah. Um, and then we find out that she's some crazy, like she has. I don't know. Maybe you can explain this better than me. The explain the extinction entity. So it seems like the idea is that the world is literally set to reset after certain points in time. I don't quite remember if they explained why, like if there was a particular reason. Only that certain entities come into being at every point where life flourished on the planet. And around the time that they come into being, there's a mass extinction. They talk about the big, big five, big six or something like that. Yeah. It's five. And then the one we're experiencing now is the sixth. Six. Yeah. These uh, entities having those tethers, those strands, whatever from birth, because they're connected to something bigger. They're like, they're connected to like, I don't know, like the proto beach or something like that. Uh, yeah. the idea in this world, everyone's, everyone has an afterlife specifically locked to them though. That afterlife is really a transition point to actual death. And we don't know what the fuck happens there. Uh, her, the beach of the extension entity is, the heart to which all the other beaches are like capillaries. They all connect Mm -hmm. to that beach. That's like the source. Um, And what's going on is really weird, at least from my perspective, where it felt kind of like the extinction entity existing in these two places and then kind of like motivating these two opposing forces, both of which directly affected by her is kind of like Sam and Higgs are avatars for her indecision. Mm-hmm. This is just my interpretation of it. And the motivation of the entity is a kind of conflict between, you know, what I'm naturally intended to do, which is trigger the end of the world. And I'm in a position where I can avert it. Yeah. And there's reason for me to want to avert it. And it's almost like, the thought of fuck it, just get it over with physically manifested. Yeah. Uh, like literally, literally her anxiety manifested Yeah. physically into the world and started triggering shit. Yeah. And at the end of the game, she actually tries to give you that choice mm-hmm. or at least fake gives you that choice. Um, point where she's like you decide are we going to end this thing now or you can spend with you know the rest of forever here with me on the beach just watching Mm -hmm. um just really 
fascinating. Because mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, for a character to to have to to go through that, like, I don't know, I understand the dilemma. It's like yeah. you have all these people that you love, and you can let them and humanity can continue to exist. It's like it's asking this question of like how much goodness in the world does there need to be for that world to be worth keeping around? Mm-hmm. Is it like the bare minimum, which is what we have? Like, is this beautiful enough to preserve or would it be better if we just wiped it all out? Because I mean, we wipe it all out and then it, it doesn't even matter how long it was there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you reset, you could potentially make something better. Or yeah. if you don't like it, you don't have to deal with it. Yeah. So, and she doesn't get a break from this. No. Eventually. It's like it's it, it's the reason why immortality would actually suck ass. Yeah, she's there by herself. Like even with like you know all those connections she's formed, she's still like. The most lonely entity in existence. Yeah. <laughs> it's brutal. <laughs> it's fucking brutal. Yeah. Fuck. I feel like I should have played this game twice before we recorded this. Cause it's, it's just so yeah, big. It's really hard to unpack like everything. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's gigantic. Yeah. And, yeah, not even like like taking into account our different interpretations of certain things. Um, yeah, uh, you know what I did like love adore even more than that like how complete and fulfilling that final boss fight was was figuring out what the things floating in the air were. Yeah, that was great. Oh, because that that's... That, that touched me. Yeah, that right was here. that was great because I I that was in the first trailer. Yeah, from like three or four years ago, and I was like, "What is that?" We were sitting there thinking, "Oh, that's some ominous shit. Those are like evil gods or something." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was just his buddies. No, those are your friends <laughs> trying to pull you out. Friendship is awesome. <laughs> yeah, and the whole the whole road to this game was was wild mm-hmm. just because I, I feel like you can even see like dna of this in the phantom pain like, yeah there's a little bit of that whale stuff and like it, even before phantom pain came out where he was doing like moby dick studios and it's like what is this so there's still some of that just that weird like dna is in there oh yeah but Definitely. but going back to those trailers it was just like what the fuck is this like and those trailers make you feel something even though mm-hmm. you don't understand what the fuck is going on on screen yeah it just i don't know the image of a man holding a like naked holding a baby on he a looks beach, like he's got crying. a cesarean section and he's like crying yeah with that like, baby and there's dead whales all around people floating in the sky it's like what the fuck is this mm-hmm. but it's it's also like that's you know I, I just did you see star wars yet 
Uh, the new one? Yeah. No. Oh, anyway, it's kind of ir- irrelevant. Like, broad strokes talking about the new Star Wars trilogy. It's like, you can already see with the first two. There's very little, like, connective tissue through. I mean, the characters, sure. But you could tell they didn't really plan a mm-hmm. lot of that shit out. It's like... Like, I don't know, you can see like the genius of Kojima like after finishing this game and going back and watching that first trailer it's like wow like now I know what everything in that first trailer was that came out four years ago was yeah like he planned all of this shit out mm-hmm. all of that like makes sense to me now mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah well I remember having that thought when you like every time you revisit one of those scenes in the game yeah I'm like, oh, that's, oh. <laughs> I realized how much of a magnificent bastard Kojima was. Yeah. I just, and I found the pacing, this was, for me, the balance was, like, perfect. Where it was like, MGS4, it was like, this is too, too much. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I enjoyed watching all that stuff, even if I didn't like where the plot went in MGS4, but it was like, it was just like, okay, here's some gameplay, and it's really polished and refined, and it's fun, but there's, it feels like it's over really quickly, and then I'm watching mm-hmm. another 45 minutes, and it's like, okay, like pacing-wise, this is okay for me as a Metal Gear fan, but I can see why other people hate it. And then when Phantom Pain came out, that felt kind of sparse, especially yeah. for a Metal Gear game. Like there's a lot of cutscenes there, and of course stuff was missing, but it didn't feel like something was off. Like I was spending an ass ton of time in game and not really being mm-hmm. satisfied by enough lore. Yeah. Um, but this, for me, the balance in this game felt perfect. And and part of, it's not even like if you compared the pacing to this with Phantom Pain side by side, you might. It might even be similar, but for the the way the I don't know the amount of time spent playing the game versus the amount of time you spend learning about the world and learning about the characters, it mm-hmm. just felt perfect to me. Yeah, I feel like just like the depth of gameplay in Phantom Pain was Kojima kind of like using Metal Gear as a surrogate for this. Primarily the building up of the base, the utilizing of assets, like while in the field, mm-hmm. all of that, all of that building the world to complete your mission sort of deal. It felt kind of like uh, Phantom Pain was Kojima really wanting to just make um, Death Stranding. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I've said this a few times already. I'm, I'm just really happy that this is not a Metal Gear game. Oh yeah, so yeah. happy. Although I will say, if it was, it could have been interesting. <laughs> it would have been insane. If, well, no, well, no. then then you'd be fighting your coworkers. <laughs> no, no. If I'm just saying, like, if this was like a like a if Metal Gear happened before Death Stranding and this was the exact same thing and at the end there was just a little like 
oh yeah like big boss existed here or like oh like that could have been could have been interesting but well i mean survive would have been the only way to connect it but i'm i'm like so glad that this is not a metal gear i'm so happy that he got to do something else that's just weird and fucking he can say something else without worrying about to see it you know without because after a while he stopped caring about his own lore in metal gear and he just started stepping all over it to say Mm -hmm. what he wanted to say and this is just way more interesting Mm -hmm. way more way more depth to it way so much more heartfelt yeah it really yeah it's i kind of hate have you gone to the movie since this game has come out i don't think so Uh, well there's a commercial that keeps playing um in theaters and i'm always like what the fuck is this every time i see it it's a commercial for death stranding i think i saw like bits of it bits of that commercial out the corner of my eye somewhere like maybe i left youtube running too long or something yeah it's it's got that it it looked it looked like the most commercial ass commercial bullshit yeah it's uh on one hand i kind of appreciate it but on the other hand i'm just like this is you could have done something so much cooler than this Mm -hmm. it's like they could have shown more of the actual game it's the if people don't know what i'm talking about it's the one with it has on the nature of daylight by max ritter playing in it that's the song from uh, it was heavily used in arrival it was also used in uh shutter island Mm. um it's a violin uh, piece. I think it's a quartet actually. Um, it's a really good song, but it's also very like when you hear the song, you're supposed to cry. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, so you seen the commercial, right? It's it's like I a, may have. I'm not sure. It like shows like a post-apocalyptic or not even post-apocalyptic, just a city being flooded, and mm-hmm. like then it pans into like a, a apartment building being flooded, and I think it shows like a uh, an apartment being flooded and then you zoom up into you see this guy's face and mm. he's crying like the tears are coming out of him and the song's playing and you look oh. what he's doing and he's playing death stranding <laughs> oh no no i haven't seen that <laughs> yeah he's that he's, sounds stupid <laughs> he's watching norman Reedus hold a baby and cry <laughs> that's silly it's goofy that is goofy it sucks because i like I've been watching the the launch trailer, and that trailer is so good. It's like eight minutes, mm-hmm. so I can see why you wouldn't. But that would be fucking cool to see on a screen before a movie. Yeah, like that would make people interested. I think. Um, yeah, you you kind of latch onto something interesting there because that's kind of how I was treating the game in regards to people just just when i was when i would be like interacting with people like it would come up at work a lot like oh what are you doing and people are like oh i'm gonna go see some movie um you know insert sports team here playing and i'm like i'm i'm playing death stranding and this this is one of those games i don't know if i'm gonna sound douchey or whatever the fuck where it feels like this to me feels like as important a piece of media or a piece of art, whatever, as 
you know, as whatever the big film is, as whatever TV show finale is about to air, as, you know, you know, which team's going to make it to the Super Bowl World Series or playoffs. Yeah. No, it does. It's like, I don't know, maybe there's no way to, like, talk about this game without sounding like a or talk about how, the way I feel about it without sounding just like pretentious or something but mm-hmm. I mean I don't I don't care like it, it's I don't yeah I mean I've kind of accepted that like it's super esoteric and it's just not for like the average person like the kind of casual gamer even mm-hmm. a lot of hardcore gamers are just like not gonna be able to pick this up and want to spend time with it they're gonna be mm-hmm. like ah i was having a really annoying conversation with my friend the other day and he's he was just like just like that sort of i hate that mentality where people are like oh i saw reviews and and all the reviews i'm seeing are saying it's terrible and it's just like you know i'm like like you, you don't want to figure that out for you well um it doesn't how do i put this um, I tend to, if people are going to do that, I tend to accept it. Okay, that's your choice. But I think it kind of bugs me when people say that and then want to try and give you their opinion on it. Yeah. It's like you I've, haven't formed an opinion on it. You chose not to experience it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it sucks. It's just one of those things where it's like, again, like, I don't know. I guess maybe it makes me a pretentious douchebag, but it's just uh, one of those pieces of art. Like, and I feel this way about a lot of like films that I find and watch and, and love mm-hmm. that are weird. Um, actually, the Lighthouse is kind of kind of like this, where I I've told people to watch it, and uh, a lot of people are interested in it based on the premise, but then they watch it and they're just like, "What the fuck is this?" Like. What the fuck did I just watch? Yeah, my same f- friend who I was having an annoying conversation with about Death Stranding was kind of like, I told him to watch The Lighthouse. He was like, he did. He was like, oh, it's really weird. Like, like yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I just wish there were more people who could appreciate shit like this. Well, it's it's really more just a matter of like finding and interact, figuring out how to like parse through everyone else and finding them. Yeah. Yeah. Which can be difficult sometimes, especially when you're like you don't quite fall into a category. Yeah. Like I I don't know the game is like I don't know it feels like. It requires just some level of patience that people don't have Mm -hmm. um, and like an emotional sort of intelligence to be able to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to play this game and take it seriously Mm -hmm. or be interested in what it has to say. Um, And I feel like people kind of don't have the patience for that sort of thing. Or it, it could be a number of things because it could also just be a suspension of disbelief type deal. Like, 
how many people get like caught up on the fact that your uh, grenades are made from bodily fluids? Yeah. <laughs> and just I, fixate on it. Yeah, I don't know. Some. Um, yeah, I feel like we could keep talking about this for. Um, I do want to get to one guy we kind of overlooked. Not really overlooked. I mean, we were both thinking about him the whole time, but we haven't talked about him a lot, which is Cliff, a.k.a. Matt Mickelson. <laughs> yeah. And I felt a little weird about uh, him getting the award, not because he didn't earn it so much as it felt like he was given way more of a stage to just like act his face off than all the other characters. Um. Yeah, I mean he. It's like know. they literally just like created different scenes, and and his his direction was make us feel shit. Well, that's what an actor does. But also, Kojima was very much like through the process. You could see him like blowing mats really hard on social media. He like was constantly posting pictures of him when they were hanging out, and even when they weren't hanging out, he was posting pictures of him. Like he fucking loves that guy. I mean, he was saying oh, I mean, shit, shit like, oh, like he saw, he saw him smoking, and he was like, oh, I had to put him smoking in the game because he just looked too cool. I mean, if if making people feel shit is what an actor is supposed to do, then they attached rockets to him <laughs> and told him to do it. Yeah, he was. I and I, he was so good in this game. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I guess we kind of did overlook him because he kind of was my favorite character, I think. I just, he was kind of electric every time he was on screen. I just loved seeing him and finding out more about his character and seeing what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why I love that launch trailer so much. It just starts with that music and it just shows him. Um, but yeah, he's fucking great. I love his character. Mm-hmm. Um, He's really cool, but also, I don't know, it's really sad. Uh, he, he, is, he is a walking ball of tragedy. Yeah. This is his whole... And I can't wait to go through this again, because you see him as kind of just this almost like force of nature, just kind yeah. of operating on instinct, you know, moving through like different worlds of death looking for something looking mm-hmm. for you you find out and then yeah you end up finding out why it's just like i don't know it's beautiful yeah <laughs> see where where he came from and where he goes and how he ends up but he's also like i don't know i didn't make this connection until just now but it's almost i, I was thinking about this today about how one of my favorite I think pieces of sort of narrative in anything is the way big bosses sort of referred to in Metal Gear Solid one. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's his ex- entire he's existence. this idea almost. Yeah. Well, he means so many different things to so many different people and people are mm-hmm. fighting over his body and he has this past with snake and, and liquid he, he ties them both together and, and all of foxhound yeah but you 
you never see him like he's dead you never see him in that game you just sort of feel his presence and i thought that was was brilliant and now that i think about it now that's kind of what cliff's character was in this game like you, Mm -hmm. you do see him it's like almost the opposite you see him a lot but you don't really know what he's about like you just you always want to know more uh yeah Mm-hmm. I, I love that and then finally getting to the point where you do find out what his deal is and now that makes me want to play through it again it does make me wonder about like he seems to kind of like it's almost like he's kind of lost in a dream space during all of this because uh what he knows and what he's able to piece together i wouldn't say it doesn't necessarily make sense but it like it just overlapped in this weird way that kind of completely floored me. Um, the second time you hear him say, um, your name's Sam Porter, but you're Sam Porter, but your, your last name is your actual name is bridges. Mm-hmm. Like the first time he said it, I was like, but no, his whole name is Sam. Porter. Why are you saying it like that? And when he says it again during the uh, flashback, that was one of those mind blown moments for me. Mm. that during that last fight he figured out who Sam was. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that too. I really love that how Norman sort of floats back into that moment of his death. Mm -hmm. They have that moment together. Fuck. It's so good. Uh, Well, having talked about this for an hour and a half, I feel like I... (laughs) I feel dumber. Like I feel stupider. <laughs> I feel like I, I thought I could more off the cuff like riff about this game, but I feel like I said nothing at all. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of like. I'd probably feel that way too if I hadn't just kind of like left. I, I put a lot of the burden on you here. No, like halfway through, I was like, oh fuck, I should have had him explain way more of this when you were talking about the. About the extinction entity, I was like, I should have had. Well, well you, you, know that, <laughs> you, you know that that weird, like, esoteric supernatural bullshit is my wheelhouse. Yeah. Had you asked me to talk about anything else, I'd have probably just been like, Duh. yeah. No, my brain is just like, kind of. Yeah, I feel like it's firing slower lately. Like, mm-hmm. maybe, I I'm not that tired, but I don't know. But bottom line is, I fucking love this game. I think it's a masterpiece. It's it's fucking crazy. Um, how do you... I saw very kind of fleeting comments or rumors about a Death Stranding 2. How does that idea make you feel? Um, I don't know if I want to... If we get a 2... I don't, I don't know what it could really be about. There's a... Part of me that would want just maybe I mean you could maybe do another story in the world or I think the most interesting approach would be anthology. Um I won't say no if Kojima puts it in front of me, but I wasn't like by the end of this I wasn't like I need another one. Yeah, me neither. I'm pretty ready um for something else. Yeah, I'm, I, 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 
I have faith in Kojima that if he decided to do it too, it would be worth it. But um, right. really, at this point, my faith in Ko- Kojima is probably at its peak. It's just just do whatever you want. Yeah, me too. I'm just I think Metal Gear was really holding him, him back in a lot of ways. And yeah, as much as I enjoyed that, Konami world, was too. He needed to he needed to break away from it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about The Last of Us. Like, I didn't know that I wanted, I didn't want a sequel until they showed me a sequel, and I was like, yeah, I want that. Um, mm. That said, I I would like to see him at least do something else before he he comes back to Death Stranding. Oh, I think he will. Um, a lot of people are. We talked about this the other day on the show. Uh, possibly a horror game. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not to me i'm like i kind of already got something a little bit in that vein with this and, um so i i kind of want to see just something else like and he's already from i i've seen a picture he posted he was like everybody's out of the office i'm here i'm writing the ne- i'm starting the next thing so mm-hmm. i wonder what the fuck that is so wait if you could choose the next thing like you know any element any whatever as much as you little you want to say like if you could be like kojima do this what would it be uh i'll tell you what i want to see um maybe something a little bit more straightforward um Mm. not necessarily um like you know super grounded in reality i just mean from a storytelling perspective mm-hmm. like just tell me a story and try to tell it in a in an economic way where i don't have to read all this other shit to understand and characters aren't constantly because it's not that you can't build a crazy super deep detailed world mm-hmm um without that kind of sort of extra expository stuff Mm -hmm. um there's there's ways to do it and and have it be more of like you just feel where you are rather Mm -hmm. than i have to constantly learn and read and have it explained to me um how this world operates uh so I, I would just like to see something that was more accessible, mm-hmm. um, just from the the standpoint of like the way the story, like narrative, like the way the narrative unfolds, mm-hmm. not even necessarily like plot wise, mm. um, because I, I think. I, I feel like I've kind of seen him travel closer and closer to that road mm-hmm. um, to get to that point. But where he started from was fucking crazy. So yeah. <laughs> he's incrementally oh, yeah. getting more uh, cohesive. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like the area of like what kind of story I'd like to see. I don't know. I feel like maybe like a I hate to say cyberpunk because we're getting a big cyberpunk game and he's already done snatcher, but something cyberpunk would be cool. Mm. Um, 
or something straight up like noirish set in like I don't know the 40s like some kind of thriller or something would be cool but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know I, the thing about Kojima is like I don't know with Metal Gear I knew what I wanted him to mm-hmm. do and he didn't do it and that made me mad but now that he's not <laughs> making Metal Gear like I want him to just do whatever he wants and surprise me like I'm not going to know what I want from him until he shows me he's the one you can say surprise me and you know you're going to like it. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything as deep to say. I want a Western. <laughs> I just want to see what he does with a Western. But I also kind of want him away from areas I'm trying to create stuff into. Because Death Stranding kind of touched on some stuff. That I was like... You ever, like, have an idea, you think it's really good, and then you see someone do it better than you? I'm sure it's happened. <laughs> there was some elements in Death Stranding where that happened to me. Like what? Um, primarily the we exist with knowledge of how the afterlife works type deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he did that so well, and I enjoyed it so much. It was like, this is way better than the version of this I was going to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was funny. Uh, I saw that. Have you seen the tr- latest trailer for Tenet? Um, the name rings a bell. It's the new Christopher Nolan movie uh, with Denzel's son starring. Uh, I don't um, recall, but I want to say I've seen a trailer. Um, there's a teaser, but there's a full trailer out now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the full trailer mentions something about like it seemed uh, it's probably not Inception, but instead of dreams, it's death. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of what I got from that in- the line in the trailer about death. They said something about it where I was like, huh, mm-hmm. that's interesting. I-, I feel like they're touching on the same thing as Death Stranding here. Mm-hmm. In a different way, it it, it look it literally looks like a heist movie about death, mm-hmm. Inception, except it's death instead of dreams, yeah. which I, I'm all for. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know why I brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's probably just like a similar idea. Um, but uh, yeah, last thing I'll say about Death Stranding is this is a game that has to be experienced. Because obviously yeah. I couldn't explain very well. It's a it's one of those things where I always say this about Metal Gear. It's like I could sit here and try to explain it all to you, but it's better if you ask me questions about what you didn't understand. Yeah, that's gonna be the faster way to fill the holes. Um, I know that format works because it was the nature of my podcast for years. Mm. Uh, anything else you want to say about this game? Um, final thoughts? Final thoughts about Death Stranding. Uh, um, I felt like we probably didn't give enough credit to Norman Reedus. Uh, yeah. He kind of, he kind of, he doesn't quite get the stage the same way the other characters do, but I think he did really good. He did do a really good job. He's he's there. I enjoyed his performance a lot. You're right. We didn't. I don't even think we said his name once. <laughs> uh, 
but he's really good. I like to actually listened to a podcast recently with him, and he didn't talk about this game, but he does seem like an interesting and cool guy. Mm-hmm. And I think he brought that there. Um, I think he's perfect for this role because he always looks dirty in real life. Um, yeah, he just kind of he kind of he, he he's got he you know what it is he has working man stees. <laughs> he does. <laughs> So that's why he's there's like this relatability factor he has to, to <laughs> the majority of people. Working man Steve. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> that's a lot uh, nicer than he always looks dirty. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I knew what you were going for. He looks like he he, he looks like he does man's work. Yeah. He looks like a. He looks like not even just blue collar, but like dirty blue collar. Yeah. Um, no, I meant it pretty literally. He just always looks like he needs a shower, which I think. Well, is... well, yeah, that's that. I think that was some of that was by design, especially in this game. There's a lot of his butt in this game. There is a lot of uh, Rhea's butt. So yeah. if anyone was looking for that. Yeah. Did you meet Conan? Of course you met Conan. Uh, yeah, that was silly. Yeah. But I liked it. Yeah, I like that. It was, oh. I thought I thought those would be way more noticeable faces in like the, the little places. The only one, other one I noticed was I'm pretty sure Edgar Wright's in there. Yeah. Um, you you saw that right, Edgar Wright? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Edgar Wright's in there. Jordan Vote Roberts is in there, and then everybody else they didn't really. There weren't that many other face scans like. I was expecting more because I kept seeing people on like Instagram going to like hanging out at Kojima's mm-hmm. at Kojima Productions. Like Grimes went there. I still don't know why Grimes went there. Mm-hmm. It's probably just to hang out and see it. Just I guess cause. that's cool. And I'd hang out if I were important enough. Yeah, um, that'd be cool if she collaborated on whatever the next game is. That'd be really sick. It's um, probably setting that up. Yeah, making contacts and shit. Uh, really minor thing, and I think it, it lies in the uh, depiction of both uh, both Sam and Cliff, but also a little bit of it in Die Hardman that I really appreciate, which is just like manly ass displays of emotion. Mm. Yeah, like 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 Cliff is clearly this like huge badass, and he's just like, oh, I love my baby. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with Sam, where it's like, fuck all this shit. I, ju- I just want my baby back. Yeah. He got his baby and he left, which is, fuck, we didn't even talk about the ending, really. Like, <laughs> he takes, what does that say? What is Kojima trying to say? Like, he just walks away from it all. He just says, fuck yeah. it. Yeah. All he wanted, he, he wanted the baby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is, um, I guess, uh, I mean, one minor thing. Uh, I think I mentioned it to you a couple of times in that the way in which uh, Metal Gear elements still kind of permeate, albeit in different ways. The two being that the uh, crazy boss team are now your co-workers. And instead of a legendary soldier, you're a legendary delivery man. Yeah. <laughs> a living legend. Yeah. I just like that. Yeah, it was cool to. 
that was a, another treat for me was playing this and seeing Kojima not through a Metal Gear lens, being able to see what's more uniquely Kojima versus what's more uniquely Metal Gear. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I still need to play Snatcher and Police Knots. I need to go get back to Snatcher. I played a small chunk of Snatcher a while back. Mm. You, it's weird. I think I fell off of it because I got mad because um, the little care package I made for, made for you didn't work or something, or or you lost it or I don't know. I was yeah. like, I started playing it in anticipation of you playing it. Yeah, I don't think I got it or something. Because I know I sent it to you. I think it may have just not worked, or maybe one of the files was buggy or something. I think I I don't know. I forget what happened too. I feel like or I maybe didn't, I sent didn't it to it. you on an old computer. Or I don't know. I feel like I didn't get it, or I didn't have time, or or something, or I lost mm-hmm. it and never got it again. Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you can find Joe on uh, Energy Return Returns it on Twitter. I don't even know if he ever even logs into that thing. Mm. Um. I want to say he does on occasion. He's responded to some of our ats towards him. We've had ats? Like, oh, me and him, me and you. Yeah, the three of us. <laughs> yeah, but not in a while. Does he retweet for episodes? I don't know. Uh, that I don't know. He's pretty bad at social media. <laughs> <laughs> he would probably argue that point, but... I'm gonna say he's better. Well, he's he's probably good at it when he cares about it. <laughs> I think he thinks he's better at it than he is. Um, but anyway, yeah, we missed you, Joe. We'll see you next week. Uh, yeah, Jumper when we put a little eggnog in your face. Yeah, Jumper Kills is at Old Taco Connect on Twitter. I'm at Hyper90s on Twitter. We're on Hey Listen Radio on Twitch. You can go to Twitch or YouTube, which reminds me, I need to upload that thing to YouTube. Me and Jumper Cable just played uh, four hours of Resident Evil 6. Yeah. Co-op. It's a pretty fun watch. If I say so myself. That's okay. But, uh, yeah. See you guys later. 